Dishes. Welcome to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk to you about all things food, fun, and fantastic holidays that are coming up. Holidays. Holidays. Um, I have to tell you guys, I drove through campus this morning to get here, and I just got to say, cheers to all those young gophers on the at 8.30 a.m. hoisting a Skyuma-filled mug. <laughs> Do you know this? I haven't told you this story, but it's kind of funny. I needed a dresser moved the other day, Yeah, and my girlfriend's like, well, just call the squad. The squad is the guys that work for us at Stone Arch. Oh. And they help us like move all the stuff in and move all the stuff out for the Stone Arch Festival that I work on. So I'm like, oh yeah. So I text the squad. I'm like, hey, can any of you guys come? I've got, I'll give you a hundred bucks and some salsa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this they're is like, key. yeah, I can come at like 730. Okay. So the, this morning? No, this oh. was last week. Okay. So at like 730 at night, two guys from the squad show up and um, my neighbor was like, hey, like congratulations. And he was like, oh, thanks. And I was like, why is he saying congratulations to you? And they're like, oh, you know, the football thing. I'm like, the football thing? Like, well, yeah, we play football. I'm like, who do you play football for? (laughs) Uh, The Gophers? I'm like, oh, great. That's great. I know nothing about football. And and the guy goes, yeah, you know, we're eight and zero. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've never lost? Like, not this year. And he's like, okay, ma'am, where would you like us to put the dresser? And oh my god! I had no idea that they played that for your the team. Squad of my movers. Squad. Yep. So I hope my squad does well today. Wow! And then when they're done, maybe they can come over and move a couch for you. You know. You know. I mean, they're uh, only everybody be needs on. money. Oh my god! I and when I gave them so the salsa, great. they were happier than the money, oh, which was so funny. Of course, there. Of course, there. So go, you go, go first. Go, go first. That's the end of it. I saw Penn State rolling in in their buses, and I just wanted to throw things at them, and I don't even care about this, but I do. I was like, it's the go first. There's right? something flying over the stadium in a plane. Some you banner. know what it is? I I was thinking maybe it was a Trump thing, but I don't know. No, it's Chris Lindell. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, that just makes me laugh. It's funny. He's you he's know, brilliant. How much do you have to pay to fly a thing? I don't know, but the dude is probably going to get on national television now because it's obviously being broadcast. He's brilliant, and I think his agency and Tracy Call specifically is brilliant. Yeah, that's uh, that you know, that's a move. Yeah, it's a and move. He's embracing it, whatever you say, it's a move. Yeah. So yeah. I you saw know, it. I I was trying. Was, was it really Chris Lindell? I was parked. I was like, God, I wonder what that is. I'm like, I wonder if that's like, you know, I don't know. I thought it was I just thought a it would Trump be like thing. A, like a Budweiser, yeah, maybe. or whatever. And I was looking, and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Chris those wings spread, outstretched arms, yeah, so. welcoming you to U.S. or to uh, Twin City Federal Stadium, yeah, the bank. So anyway, you guys, good luck, Gophs, and uh, kick kick some. Uh, Chew the butts off of those uh, Penn Staters, I tell you what. Yes. Um, so, thank, I, thanks for, you know, last week covering for me oh, with yeah. Elizabeth Reese. Sounds like you guys had a great show. We did. We it did. It was fun. Yeah. It's always fun to have her on and to chat with her. Yeah. Um, my sister has a crush on her, so it's right. always like, okay, here's what Elizabeth said. Here's what Elizabeth did. Here's what Elizabeth's cooking. My sister's like, okay, where where is that macaroni and cheese recipe that Elizabeth makes? Yeah. I'm like, you know, the one that we've been sharing, sharing on our show for, for 10 years that you probably yeah. have never heard. No. <laughs> that I know. one. I know. <laughs> I You kind of have to, like, we have to sort of, like, bow to that and just let it be. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably on our show page. Here, let me let me share let it with me you. Let me just help you. Ha- yeah, let me I'll help. post it in case those of you listening want to hear about Elizabeth. It's it's actually Patty LaBelle's macaroni. It's Patty LaBelle's. I was going to say it's. <laughs> we can call it Elizabeth Reese. Okay, cool. that's fine. 
Um, but so being the weird part is, is like I wasn't out of town. I was, you know, the funny thing is I was driving to go get, obviously, you know, you guys know my daughter got married last weekend. What and does it make you as a, as a mom, if your daughter got married, are you a mom, just a mom <laughs> with a daughter that's married? Yeah. You don't, it's just, it's crazy yeah. to me. Well, it's crazy what to was me. your mom when you got married? A mom. Isn't there like a name? Like, are you a matron? Are you a... I don't really know. Anyway. Anyway. That you have a daughter that's married is excellent. Well, and it's funny because I know that a lot of like people my age still have like kids like Jake's age, you know, who is like, that's sort of the norm for, I think, our generation. And yet there she goes. There she goes. They're in, I think they're still in Mexico. Um, But they, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, it was, you guys, it was a great wedding. It was really wonderful. And what I keep saying is it's just, it was a great party. And the weird part is, you know me, and you guys all know, like, you know, I throw small events and small gatherings and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm used to like, and so for this, you know, we had to like put candles together and, you know, and put like flowery things. And, you know, Annie and I built a mantle, not built it, but, you know, like put things on it and made it pretty. And, and I just kept waiting. Like, I'm like, I kept waiting for the thing to happen. Like, always there's a thing. There's something you got to be ready for a thing. There was nothing. That's great. Nothing like I was like, maybe Matt's going to get caught in traffic and won't get here for family photos. No, he walked in the door. Okay. Uh, maybe. <laughs> You're going through your whole list. I literally of... was like, oh, okay. No, we're good. Uh, there's Joey and Matt. Okay. Oh, everybody's good. Everybody's right? good. Everybody's oh, here. We're, gonna, we're done with photos. Okay. Here we go. I get, bars open and people are coming. I guess we're starting. You know, the, the biggest thing I did was like my foot kicked out as I was walking down the aisle. Like I had a tiny slip. That was it. Like I didn't fall or anything. I was just like, ooh, that was about it. Did you cry? <laughs> Um, I, you know, I teared up. It was just too, there was too much, like, it was too fun. Like, it was too much fun. Yeah. I was in fun mode. And so I was just part. And so let me, let's talk a little bit about, about the food, because of course we are a food show. Sure. Um, but so. Thanks for reminding I, us. Yeah, I know. So I would like <laughs> to say that anybody who thinks like, oh, I can't do a tr- non-traditional, like we got to go with, you know, a plate of chicken and a salad and whatever. And all this, I just think. It seems to me that everybody wants something non-traditional and they all were, I was kind of worried about it because there was half of these family, you know, I don't know them yeah. and they're from all points like Chicago and Florida and all these people from Andrew's side of the family. I wasn't sure, you know, like where are they going to lie on this thing? I know that people expect us to be a little bit, you know, non-traditional in the foodscape. But what we did was we had uh, we had two giant tables. First of all, during cocktail reception, like basically people showed up at five and we were cocktailing and there was a meat and cheese like station from Create Caters. And they set up a great spread and it was just like snacky and drinky. And then um, and then and then it was like at some point we said, uh, you know, okay, it's time. Like you guys, everybody sit down and we'll and the bride and groom were not there. They were in the back. And then they, and then, you know, everyone sat down in their chairs and then they came out, we did the ceremony and then we went back to cocktailing. And then while we were moving the chairs, the chairs were all getting moved and put away. And then the food tables came out that had been assembled in the back. And so what we did for that was there was two tables and it was basically like your non-traditional surf and turf. So one table, these big eight foot tables, uh, one was completely covered in sushi in just rolls and rolls and rolls of sushi from Bibuda, from Billy, from Bibuda. And it was beautiful and it was stunning. And it was just like so many different kinds and there were little boats with two of them in there. And, you know, it just was really perfect. And then the other table we had was ribs, 
so- cheddar sausages, cheddar bursts, and with jalapenos in them, and then uh, biscuits from John Whitfley at Molly's Barbecue. So it was like, you know, and then a big salad. Molly from Kitchen in the Market made us a big, huge harvest salad because at the last minute we were like, oh, something for vegetarians, <laughs> of which her husband is one. And so she was like, I got you, I got your salad. So we ended up like putting these tables out and just saying, we didn't even be like, okay, dinner's ready. It just was like, it was there. And people just, you know, kind of milled in and they grabbed their sushi and they sat down and then they grabbed some ribs and they sat down and they... What did you do for dessert? So dessert was Muddy Paws cheesecake. There was no wedding cake. There was no like ceremony of cutting and everything else. They had Muddy Paws cheesecake and then they also did um, cookies, little like homemade cookies and bars. Oh, bars. Yeah, bars. <laughs> I like and bars. And we had like family, tr- you know, platters. My mom's silver platter, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, and nice. So it was really, it was really, but I, I was so surprised because I was like, I don't know how the sushi's going to go over. Like wedding people and sushi, you don't know. Oh, they ate every last scrap. <laughs> there was zero. T- in fact, I did not get any sushi. <laughs> because, you know, besides FHB, which is the family holdback, which I'm like, Jake. Like you gotta wait. You you're the last one to eat, man. Do you describe what the family holdback is. So FHB is family holdback, where you go and you were at your party and you have your family members and you realize there's a chance that the food is going really well and there might not be a lot of it left. You have to really conserve your efforts. So then you tell the family, you guys can't eat FHB. <laughs> you family can't holdback. FHB and we go FHB in effect and we we kind of like throw the siren up. <laughs> And then, and then it's the idea. The tacit agreement is, I will buy you a burger or a pizza or something, something else after the fact. on the way home. You but know, we don't want to run out of food, right? I want the guests to have the food, and then you can have this because you can eat this sushi anytime. But you know, Patty from Florida, she needs to try this. So it was, it was great. We didn't run out of food. We have, in fact, we. I just finished off the last of the biscuits. I've been, <laughs> we've been making breakfast biscuits in the morning, you yeah. know, because we just took them home and. And because Megan and Andrew were out of the country. So it was great. It was, you know what? And I like, here's the crazy part. When you're not doing a catered event, like one caterer, I mean, technically we had seven different food vendors coming in. That was, that was interesting. You know, like this person's dropping this person. Mm-hmm. There has to be a coordinator. And I have to give a shout out to our friend, Kelly O'Reilly, who is just a friend of mine who stepped up and she was like, I'll help you do this. She's like, you do the wedding stuff. She's like, I'll just be in the back coordinating the people. And it was amazing. Like, that was the thing that I didn't think about. You Kelly, know? Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. So Kelly, Kelly, Kelly totally won and made everything. But I will say again, non-traditional is shockingly easier than like sitting down on a plated thing and having all the servers and do and we had three kids jake's buddies who were like the bussers they wore black t-shirts and black pants and they just cleared plates and did garbage all night I and we that. paid them 100 bucks yeah it was love great it. so there's the wedding happy megan happy andrew and now they're married now it's just like anyway <laughs> with their child winnie the moo the yeah, dog i know I know. She's wonderful. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We have a great show for you today. We are going to dial into the Chrissy Teigen controversy next. And uh, then we have Leslie Miller coming in to talk about wines. We have wonderfully Sean Sherman who has uh, from The Sous Chef, who has a great spread in the New York Times this week yes. that we're going to talk about. And, of course, we're going to fill you in on some feces and fun. So we'll be right back. This is a weekly dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. All right, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are uh, going to talk to you a little bit today about some an interesting controversy that has happened. Now, we're all fans of Chrissy Teigen's here, right? Yep. I mean, like, we're fans. We love her. We're fans. We enjoy her. We enjoy her. We have we have positively reviewed her Cravings Cookbooks yep. in, in the way that we don't 
let's just frame that up as I think you and I both are on the same page with it. They're enjoyable. I like the first one better than the second one. And they're they're just fun. They're fun and for the right people, they're excellent. Right. Like my daughter loves cooking out of those cookbooks. Right. And so in a weird way, this is how I think of Chrissy Teigen. I super enjoy her on Instagram. I love I laugh at her on Twitter. She's she's good people. She's honest. She's you know, authentic in that way. Do I think that she is like a massive food human? I don't even put her into that category, I guess. I do, but I don't. I think of her like us, like she's an eater and then she wrote a cookbook. You know? That's how I yeah. think of her, right? Yeah. I, I know think that of there's her more foodie than you do. Yeah, maybe so. And you know, she's got a line of cookware at Target and so that puts her into a different space. And of course she's a celebrity. That's that's given. Like yep. so then the shininess and the stuff happens. But so what happened this week is that she launched her website. She launched a specific cravings website. Um, that was, you know, she was very excited about it, kind of getting ready, and then she launches it, and it's basically a collection of recipes, a couple cute videos, <clears throat> at, like a where Chrissy eats in L.A. and New York kind of a thing, and uh, that's it, right? I mean, did you look at the website? I did. Okay, right? Everybody's ripping on it. So the funniest thing, I feel like it's crazy how many people took her down over it. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. People were like, I can't believe how bad Chrissy Teigen's website is. That's literally the title of the Slate article. <laughs> Why is Chrissy Teigen's website so bad? And I was like, wow, okay. What what were y'all expecting? Exactly. I guess that's my point. So it started with, there was a, uh, there's a woman on the LA Times food section, uh, a writer there, and she, she wrote this article it was very strange. She says it was titled, We Have Some Issue with Chrissy Teigen's Guide on Where to Eat in Los Angeles. I didn't even looked at that section of the website, obviously. But I popped in, and this Jen Harris, uh, who is, you know, I mean, not Jonathan Gold, let's be clear, uh, kind of, you know, popped in and, and basically ripped apart her choices for where she chose to say she eats in L.A. And it wasn't... The wor- I guess the worst part for me is the way that in the front half of it, she just did this where she was like, I mean, trust me, I love Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen is like my my fake best friend. And we are all like, she is so cool. And she just, she wrapped that in this like sort of fake compliment. And then she goes in to say she basically screwed everything up. And like she failed. And it was very strange to me because it was sort of like, she played it like this light thing, but it was really mean. It's all mean, mean, mean girl behavior, because really, I mean, the website's fine. Well, it's fine. But she and specifically this, I guess here's the thing that I was thinking about this list of restaurants that Chrissy Teigen writes. She basically couches it as, look, I don't go out very much. (laughs) These are the places where I do go. You can imagine what it's like to be Chrissy Teigen. Yes. You don't get to like just go and pop into this cute little mom and pop shop. You're you know, you go to Nobu because, you know, you'll be able to get dinner there without really being harassed probably you're in la let's face it you're not in oklahoma so if you want to go to nobu and say it's a good spot in la when you're here it's her website her choice her audience her people she knows who her people are well and the other side of it is though this woman was like you didn't go here you didn't name any of the people in this area like you didn't you only not meant to be a comprehensive review site well what's weird to me was there's this food critic for a national paper you know la times is a national paper and basically she wants 
it to be the same. Like she's almost debasing her job by saying you should have picked, you should have followed these ethical journalism tenets. And it's like, that's not who this is. No. And that was weird to me that she would then call out as saying like she failed on based on this structure. And it's, that's not the Chrissy Teigen structure. And I thought again, it was weird because again, when slate went after them, and to said, basically, you are, uh, you know, this is like just not satisfying. And it's a much it's the same. It's more of the same. Like, I can already get this from her Instagram and her Twitter. Why would I want it on a website? And I was like, you don't understand Chrissy Teigen's fans then. No. Like, and you don't understand Chrissy Teigen, which is just soak in as much fun as you can. And access. And if access. If you put something on Instagram, but you want a recipe, like, you, it's a place to hold. It, to me, looked like. Kind of almost a brand page, like yes. a personality, like it's her exactly brand. what it was. And these are what I like, and here's the recipes. Like not unlike Stephanie's dish. Like that's not meant to be some comprehensive guide to food of the Twin Cities. It's me, yeah, and it's my personality, and it's my point of view. And you don't have to agree. And I guess in a weird way, maybe these celebrities are being held to a different standard because they are yes. making money, and they are their 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 platform is. And I understand that. I understand that when you have a platform. You sort of have a responsibility with that to either, you know, use it wisely. But it's, it's not like she's not using it wisely. And it's food. I would say she's not abusing it. No. And so for them to call her to the mat on that, I felt really weird about it. Yeah, I thought it was really petty, really small and unfair. Unfair. I thought mostly that. I thought, A, it's unfair because this is it's like calling out McDonald's and saying, well, ugh, you know, they didn't sous vide the burger. Like, and you're like, uh. Wait, there's, it's not, they don't do that. Like, Here's it's not supposed to be too, that. Which, I I mean, this is maybe not even a point, but I'm going to say it. You know, it kind of looked like the website was maybe a template. So someone was like, the design of it is like every other. I was like, you know what? Like, Chrissy Teigen, in the grand scheme of celebrity stuff, like, <laughs> she doesn't have a TV show. She's not a movie star. Right. Like, John Legend aside... You know, she's got a kind of crappy lip sync show. Yeah. And she's done a couple cookbooks and she's a model. And she's a mom. It's not like she's rolling in the dough out there. You know, she's a business person. Right. And you're utilizing your resources and you're putting your best foot forward. I just, yeah, I thought it was really lame. I did. I thought it was interesting how also there's sort of this thing where that happens and especially with celebrities who are outspoken, right? And who, who, who garner a lot of love and attention, right? You have to take them down. Yes. There's like an opportunity to take them down and people relish it. And I find that gross. Yeah. I always have found that gross. Like that's quite honestly the same thing that happened with Andrew Zimmern. Like he misstepped. He did. He said stupid things. And it was like the hounds, man. All of a sudden he was the devil incarnate. And I'm not saying that he didn't make mistakes. And I and I'm not equating her as making mistakes. I'm just saying the joy with which people then tear someone apart who is famous. I I never get that. Yeah. And I felt very strange about it because of the fact that Chrissy Teigen is also very out there with her feelings of like, wow, that hurt. She's like, that's really mean. And it wasn't like, like, you know, kind of things. It was just like, that's, there's no, but so I guess, you know, people will call out that she does. She responds to people, you know, with honest and and candor so that she should expect that. But I also think it was just misstructured, I guess. Yeah. I'm with you. I thought it was, I read it and I was like, huh, let me look at that website. How bad can it be? What's wrong with it? It's fine. It's fine. Get off her. I know. 
I thought that was strange. And so, it did crash, by the way, her website. Well, of course, because, because in the so end, much traffic was going there. The Chrissy Teigen fans. Hope she writes a thousand checks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to herself. <sighs> Chrissy Teigen's fans are, I mean, like, they will support her no matter what. Do you know, I thought, I did think this was kind of cute. Amongst all of the hubbub, I was looking at um, what John Legend, what a fail was. You put up on our Facebook page, what's your, like, your epic fail from For Thanksgiving? A, yes. Yeah. And he was saying that his least favorite dish, and apparently she didn't know this when they were being interviewed. He was like, yeah, she made risotto once and there was too much saffron. <laughs> so she was like, oh, oh that was the dish. He's oh, like, so yeah, you don't it. make good risotto. <laughs> <laughs> do you like I, I think about like something that Kurt would look at me and be like, yeah, you don't do that well. Yeah. He doesn't like my meatloaf because I always try to put too many vegetables in it. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm like grinding up zucchini and carrots, yeah, and he's no. like, "Yeah, just nope. leave it. Let's have the meat. <laughs> How about I, a little more meat? Put him on the, the put him on the side. <laughs> How about make me let me have my choice if I can eat them? And nope, then, I'm always grinding them up, trying to hide them in the meatloaf. That's weird. You're hiding them from your husband? No, it was mostly like when we had when Ellie was littler, but yeah. And he, mostly what he wants meatloaf for is to cut it into slices and make sandwiches the next day anyway. I have some meatloaf in my fridge waiting for that this yeah, afternoon. So so it's good. All right, so there it is. We're, uh, I guess we are going to raise our flag in support of Chrissy Teigen. We are. And uh, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have Leslie Miller. We're going to talk about some uh, Thanksgiving wine suggestions. Yes. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Weekly Dish. We are here with our friend Leslie Miller from Amuse Wines and Sip Better Wines. Um, Leslie is our resident expert who has brought us some Thanksgiving wine suggestions in case you're planning your feast. But she also does a lot of traveling and is meeting a lot of international winemakers and bringing new wines to the scene. What's happening, Leslie? Oh, my gosh. So much. So much. So much. Yes. Well, first off, the Austrian, Slovenian, Croatian scene has just been blowing up. The the whole Eastern European thing has just been on fire here in the cities, I'd say, the last like five to six years. And I've made friends with the guys, you know, from Austria to Slovenia, Croatia, um, and was invited this year to be the first U.S. female judge um, for the Croatian Dubrovnik Wine Fest. Oh, oh did you go? I did. I sat oh. on the panel and we tasted about 60 to 70 wines a day. And um, spent, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's brutal, actually. <laughs> I know. Especially I know people are like, ooh, like how lucky. You're like, no, it, yeah, you're that like, is a lot. It's a ton. But, and to discern like one from yeah. the next. And you're sitting on this amazing panel with people from Bosnia and Romania and, and England. And can we just talk and, about Croatia? I mean, oh, the men so there. Oh, my oh, word. They are oh. very attractive they're people. They're very sturdy men, and aren't tall they? tall and lovely. <laughs> oh. They are. And my husband would say the same about the women, actually. Yeah. Just as a country, they're just these beautifully statuesque people. Yeah. And they're so nice. So amazing. The culture just in general is awesome. And, and we've had a whole clan of the winemakers come over the last five years as Slovenian Croatians. And then this year, I have just two of the Slovenian uh, winemakers coming back. So on the 22nd, we host um, a winemaker's dinner with Matiz Rodica of Rodica Winery on the western side of the country of Slovenia. Mm-hmm. And then has been slowly becoming sort of just an unbelievable mentor for me, Boyan Kobal 
who makes arguably some of the best wine in all of the country on the eastern side. Um, and both of these wines have been seen all over the Twin Cities for the last five years, thanks to New France uh, wine distribution. They've been pushing. I mean, yeah. like, and I think that they've been hosting and getting it out there so that people right. can get familiar with it because it is true. It's hard to it's hard to know which and where and what. Right. You know, when and you what go the grapes to a, are. when you go to a wine dinner um, at Create Caters is going to do the catering, right? Yeah, right. That's the same kind of experience that we had when we did our Ronald McDonald House dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That people bid on and came to. So people, if you liked an experience like that, where it's a multi-course, you're right. talking to the winemaker, you're getting usually, I don't know how many wines you do. Usually there's about five, generally. We're actually, for this dinner, we're doing eight different wines. Oh. And what's great about it is that you're really getting a wide palette of both of these wineries and you're going to be introduced to grapes like Malvasia and Blaufrankisch and you know it's like things that you maybe haven't had before Rafosk that it opens up your palate just to new I guess beginnings to the Eastern European board yeah that sounds right? fantastic yeah, it's really fun <gasps> we have a link that we'll put on our Facebook page if you guys want to buy tickets perfect um what's your main do you have like a main course picked well, you know, here's Corey the thing the is that Corey pairings, picks it, yeah. Chef Corey and I sit down like when we design these dinners with these winemakers abroad, we sit down and what we don't want to do is we don't want to do their regional food. Right. Good. Good. We good. are. We are so against that. We're like, do they want you to do that or are they? No, no. Oh, okay. But I think every time an international winemaker comes People, Americans try to make their food (laughs) and let's, let's just be real. Nobody's going to make it better than they do or their families do. Right. And so Corey and I can't come at it from a different angle and say, okay, let's taste through each one of these. Let's pull out all the things between he and I to say what we could really highlight of this wine. Um, And so we come up with Corey's creations. And for me, Corey Meyer is, um, He's not even listening this morning. He's probably He's still a fantastic sleeping. Chef. He is still yeah. sleeping. He's but, still you sleeping. Know, but he is unbelievable. And yeah, he is. His palate is really refined, I think, in the way of wine. And he's he's not afraid of anything. And, and I love that. I love the fact, and I was, you know, because Create, you know, come and did our little yeah, meat and cheese right. for the wedding. But they, what I love about the idea of Corey, too, is that he's not strapped into the, to having to deal with like a restaurant, you know, right. and with the ebb and the flow and the pressures of a daily servicing, yeah. he has his creativity has a little bit more breathing room. Yeah. And that's right. what I think is exciting about him and what he puts together is his, he's just a little bit more relaxed in that game. Yeah. And it's so it's kind of more fun. Yeah. And I think it's super, super fun for him too. You know, he gets really excited. Um, I was just last week in Mexico on Vida Guadalupe and um, another amazing wine region. I was talking to a couple of winemakers there and one of them is married to a chef. And I said, okay, would you collab and come to Minnesota and work with our culinary team? And those are also things that Corey loves, Yeah, you know, to work with different chefs. So there's so many cool things that I'm just all about, like bringing new wines and opening people's, you know, it doesn't have to be these amazingly expensive wines, but, you know, palatable wines for the pocketbook. What are you going to be drinking for Thanksgiving? Like, would you, the question is, would you do an experimental wine at Thanksgiving? Like, would you bring something that was, Yeah. would you do that? Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking about it because I have all these segments this week talking yeah. about, you know, Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I can't talk about all the same wines and all the same channels, but I have been so um, just adorned with Italian wines yeah. for Thanksgiving, 
And this is not something that everybody always thinks of. But no. I'm thinking, okay, this year in my world, Spain and Italy, I think are really going to kind of take over for the bird. Okay. Okay. So it's Macy's Day Parade, which is always my, you know, I always sit on the couch and eat cinnamon rolls and whatever. Yeah. But I have to have that bubbly. Yeah. And I always have to do a rosé. And if you go to Sip Better, there's a shop page, what Leslie's drinking for Thanksgiving. And I love a great sparkling rosé, literally from any part of the world, just to kind of start your morning. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yep. In the morning. Yeah. I eat peanut butter toast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Peanut butter toast. I watch the parade and then we start our little sips. By the way, I just drove through campus and those kids are drinking at 830. (laughs) Yes. 8 Mm a.m. They were crushing beer. I I know. It's it's full on over at campus. Yeah. Yeah. The gophers are playing Penn State. What's happening? So, yeah, I was like a great rose. And then there is one secret weapon white grape that I never can live without on Thanksgiving. And the grape is Viognier. Oh, yes. Viognier. Yes. It is the mashed potato stuffing, squash, Mm -hmm. biscuit, gravy, wine that you need in your life. Yes. Yes. Because it's medium bodied, and remember that medium bodied whites and reds go with more things on the table than just the quintessential Pinot Noir, which is also a great gift. Which is grape. fine, yeah. yeah. But let's think beyond the box here, people. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. So, like Valpolicella. Oh, I love Valpolicella. Like a grilled turkey. I do too. Yeah. Is so great. And how much are you really going to spend on that? $15? I know. $15. Right. And you know that when you're hosting your entire family, nobody knows how to pour themselves and like a a glass of wine so they can share for the table. You know that Uncle Bob is going to pour at least three quarters of the bottle in his glass. Yep, Uncle Bob. Yep, (laughs) Yep. I got a few Uncle Bobs (laughs) in my family. So get get a lot of bottles that you don't have to spend a lot of money on. And the Spanish wines, I think, are a great place to do that because they're always lower priced for whatever reason. And they're great. Garnacha. Oh, Garnacha's great. The best. You know, and you can get into like the middle part of Spain. And again, you can find Garnacha or even like Monastral, which Mm -hmm. is the great Movedra. You can find those for like $15. They'd go great. Now, you can't do that buttery slathery turkey yeah. that's basted and roasted in the oven you want to go with something maybe like pinot or carignan or gamay but if you're if you're heading to the grill or you're doing more savory herbs yeah like mushrooms and sage and all those things i would definitely go to the medium red okay. section so that's like my thing okay. this year. I don't know. If that's I like what it. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I like the Valpolicella idea. I like yeah. the Viognier. I yeah. like, you know. I always mm-hmm. like sparkling rosé. I know. What? Yeah. I mean, I always feel like as the cook, you know, I have my own bottle. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> has theirs, but I have my two bottles tucked and one is a sparkling rosé and the yeah. other, you know, like, like uh, you know, the Piazza Grande is what I've always been oh starting with. Which way? I'm doing this wrong because I don't have my own bottle oh, in the kitchen. I have, and then I have my oh, yeah. bourbon tucked next yeah. to it for when it gets real intense back this there. This might you describe. Know? Piazza Grande. I know. Again, it's, it's actually a on our, technically. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. one is like, that is, I now that I start, I start everybody with that. Right. But I have my own bottle. In it's section, $12. So. Yeah. Get out of town. Which one? Piazza Grande, Piazza Grande. the pink Grande. label. It's it's like mm-hmm. the big. I, yes. You know I've it. seen it. Yeah. It's and that's on actually Instagram. on the sip. It's right on the Thanksgiving page for sip butter as well. Perfect. You know, and again, you're eating pumpkin pie and all those amazing things too. Um, there, you you can go down the um, Muscat Trail. Yeah. There, what do you do at the end? What are you feeling for the end? So you know, it's like I don't always like that sweet thing at the end. No. You can do something botrytis size. It's like semillon or something from yeah. France. But again, you're spending more money. So. 
uh, recently I retried the Forest Moscato from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, the winery's from like the 70s, female winemaker, love the wines overall. And I tasted it and thought, okay, this is the best wine with pumpkin pie. Wow. And so, yeah, this Sunday I'm actually just going to experiment Good. with a new drunken pumpkin recipe that I have. Oh, we'll send it our way. Yeah. And I'm going to throw vermouth in it, I think, this year. Okay. And so that's a good alternative, too. Yeah. Vermouth. That's like what Spanish, I was thinking about a little Italian, bit of. French, yeah. French. Yeah. I was thinking I would have at the end of the meal a little like a cup of brandies and then a cup of vermouth. Yes. And have like a little sipping bar. Amaro. You know how much I like my bars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? She likes everyone. <laughs> she likes to put to a bar together. So everyone can help themselves. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to tell you. I want you to pick. I have cute yes. little cups for you. Yes. I agree. Let your guests pick because yes. it takes the pressure off options. of you. And then you just stick it and you then you, you get to sit there. Stick it. <laughs> stick it. Stick and it on the table. It. We're so refined over here at I the know. Weekly Dish. You just stick it. Just stick it. It's great. So stick great. it and drink it. Stick it and drink it. Thank you. As always, Leslie, <laughs> Thank you. we will put a link to where you can get tickets for the wine dinner. Fabulous. Which will be great. And then you can always go to Sip Better Wines to see what Leslie's drinking for Thanksgiving. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So feel free to give us a call. 651-641-1071. Or you can send us a little note on the Twitters or on the Facebooks and all this stuff. Um, I have to tell you that I did put up the question on the Facebook about what was your biggest Thanksgiving fail. Nobody's answering it because basically they're so disturbed by the picture of the chicken (laughs) with the cheddar and the Cheetos. Which somebody sent that to me via instant message. And I was like, huh, this chicken, this turkey is so wrong. I don't know if it's so wrong. It's right. Or just so wrong. I watched the whole thing and it was giving me all this weird feeling and it wasn't feeling good. But I was like, maybe, I don't know, who am I to judge people's turkey, hot Cheeto, cheese, potato situation? Yeah. So, and we're going to talk about it because I I did it on a small scale. And we're going to talk about it in the second hour. Okay. So, we're going to get to it. But I just... 651-641-1071. Yep. Um, Let us talk about... Like people getting into fights over chicken sandwiches. Oh, really? The Popeye's chicken sandwich came out again, and yeah. people were literally punching each other in the face to get to that chicken sandwich. And I'm like, come on, people. It's good, but it's not that good. I don't understand it. It's just a chicken sandwich. And there's good hot chicken sandwiches in town. Well, I mean, it's not that remarkably different from anything the other. Re- the Revival it's, it's, chicken sandwich is good. Well, I mean, those. it's not the same. It's not you know a fast what I mean? food it's, chicken sandwich. But that's the but, point. It's supposed to be this roll up and get your hot chicken sandwich and, and then get out. Like, But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems to be really polarizing and people are kind of insane and... Punching over a hot chicken sandwich. It's a little, uh, it's a little weird. Sometimes don't you feel like that the world is just like such a weird place and you can't even believe you're in it? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's, and, and the weirder part of it is like this clamor for it now is it's not limited anymore. They're having, they're carrying the hot chick, the fried chicken sandwich for good. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be there as same as like a burger or whatever. And so it'll be there. So you don't have to like so get it now. Down, people. It's, it's going to stay. Uh, here's a question that came in. Hi, gals. I was supposed to go out for brunch for my boyfriend's birthday in a few weeks. Oh, BFF. But a few of the girls now have to bring their kids. 
So we're going to meet at home and get takeout. Any good brunch takeout suggestions? St. Paul would be ideal. Thanks, I Jessie. thought that was... I didn't think about brunch takeout. I guess I don't... I mean, like... Red Rabbit, Red Cow has brunch takeout from Bite Squad. Okay. I mean, that would be a good one in St. Paul. I just... It's weird to... I, I, I Like, brunch as takeout. That's just not in my frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like... I mean, I would... I guess I would go to a bakery and grab a bunch of, you know... Uh, where is she? Did she say she St. was? St. Paul. Okay. Um, Mark Huey, have you been to that bakery guy yet? I have, and they're gorgeous. I just, it's very fancy. Fancy. It's not to me like sit down and have a bunch of people over for brunch and eat those things. Well, and you can just throw down. You have kids, right? So just throw a pile of croissants in there, homemade peanut I would butter, do, some yeah. homemade jam. Some I would butter. go to Rose Street and get, you know, kind of, you know, maybe some of those like pan de chocolat, you know, things. And can I tell you what changed my life this week? What? And it wasn't for the good, but oh. it was. Oh. I was like having a like, let's just have soup because I've eaten all week and I'm feeling kind of full. So can we just have soup for dinner? And yeah, I always have soup, as you know. Yeah. So Kurt went for the pea soup. I had the roasted tomato soup. And I was From like, where? At my house. Oh, at your my house. freezer. I've got it. So I was like, why don't you just like stop over at Golden Fig? They always have oh, yeah. the rustica breads and I just know. grab like some bread. He was like, OK. So he comes back and he's like, here's the bread. And I look at the package. I'm like, well, that's amazing. It was a pretzel baguette. Yeah. I was like, Which okay, is, yeah. that looks real good. Oh, Stephanie, no, I your heated that picture thing of up. it was like, wait a minute, it was minute. three quarters in my stomach. Yeah, and I basically ate a thousand calories worth of bread yeah. and a hundred calories worth of soup. Good, that oh, feels I was like a so balance. Happy. That but is amazing, and you that, can get them only at Golden Fig. Or are they at Rustica no, they're as well? at Rustica, but what at Golden Fig they do a drop every morning, so we don't yeah. have a Rustica in St. Paul, so you can get them at Golden Fig. Yeah. But go to Rustica, too. Like, that pretzel baguette. Life-changing. I'm actually doing my top two an hour, too. I'm going to make I was going to say, I'll that should have been. Ones, I was like, hold no, it. No, because it was so, so revelatory. Yeah. And, like, heated up. The crust was like was a it soft like, pretzel. Was it like pretzel crust? Yes. Like, so it was, like, washed with yes. lye, you think, or something? Or, yes. Or, I don't know. And it had salt. Wow. It was like a giant pretzel. Mm-hmm. It, I could have had a little more crust, you know, because that's kind of what I like about the pretzel. But the salt and the whatever kind of dough, sourdough. But it was a baguette. It was a baguette. It wasn't, it wasn't like pretzel bread. It was baguette bread, but with a pretzel crust. I think that's what it was. The way it looked like it, because pretzels won't get that crusty break. It tasted like a pretzel. Yeah, okay. So that's they must have washed There's that. something inside yeah. the doughy that yeah. made it all... Wow. I literally was just with the soft stick of butter yeah. that happened to be yeah. sitting on the counter right next to just, that. Just that's bread. an entire meal. And then there's I, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Got Every up once and in did a while. kickboxing the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fine. That's good though. That's a nice that's so, a hot intel for tricky how we sandwiches. Went from brain, to, <laughs> brain. I don't know how we went from brunch to my brain to the rustica bread, but <laughs> we did. Okay. I don't think I think brunch wise, I think you pick up quite honestly, I think you go and get a couple quiches from the local food, Whole Foods or Lunds Byerly's. They have quiches that you can buy. Then you stick them in your oven. Like I, for me, the idea of like waiting for brunch takeout also is weird because it's like when you get it delivered, yes. it's not warm and it's kind of soggy. I just did a brunch for ladies and I made my own quiches. I put my recipes on stephaniesdish.com. It was easy. But like I pre baked. You don't the even crust. have to make your quiche, but then you heat it up yourself without it coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're not that hard to make. No. They're not, but and she's already looking for full delivery of all the true. things that and may be like kids. two steps too far. That's she's true. got kids. The Trader Joe's um, pie crust are pretty good if you're in a pinch too. Yeah. They're buttery. They're delicious. 
they hold up a little bit better than some other local companies, pie crust that a lot of people use. Yeah, I like it. Uh, okay, somebody wants your Valentine's Day cookie recipe oh, again. Yeah. I have the world's easiest, best sugar, sugar cookies, cookies that the dough consistency is like Play-Doh. Really easy for kids. And that recipe is on my website too, stephaniesdish.com. But they're tasty as heck. Just tasty, tasty little roll-out Christmas cookies. And yeah. you don't have all the chilling and all the mess. Like They're just really easy. Okay. Perfect for kids. Okay, we have another question that came in. And by the way, 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call. We have a question about Christmas and I'm just going to have to I mean it's we shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give it a pass right now. Uh she says my husband and I are thinking of spending Christmas in downtown Minneapolis and going to services at a couple of the beautiful churches, Basilica oh, and Westminster, nice. which is great. What a great sort of idea. like being ho- tourists in our hometown. Do you have any suggestions on restaurants that may be open and hotels that you'd like? We'd probably go on the 23rd or 4th and come home the 25th or 6th and we're open. Um that's an interesting idea. You know, I, I would like say it. that Manny's Steakhouse is going to be open. Most of the hotel restaurants are going to be open um, during Christmas. Maybe Julia is one of the new ones. That's mm-hmm. kind of, and they're doing a feast of the seven fishes. Ooh, do that. Do that feast one. Feast of the seven fishes on Christmas. Fun. I know. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a great show coming up. So stay tuned for hour two of Weekly Dish. Brought to you by El Burrito Mercado.